Welcome back, 390 Millionaires. I'm your host, Patrick. As always, uh, they they say it's darkest before the dawn. Uh, I call them liars because it's pretty dark over here in uh, free Hernandez land. Um, I'm joined by my wonderful co-hosts, uh, Mike and Jay. How are you guys doing? Quick intro. Very, very to the point tonight. Clearly rushed on time. Jimmy's already got the hurry the fuck up <laughs> sign up. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I was almost heading to the dark land with you finally scraped out a victory this week so i've stepped off the ledge maybe a little bit but still um gertie's beating me so that's pretty depressing but otherwise i'm okay life other than that is just fine yeah it's good over here um we've had some snowfall recently uh, depending on what region everyone lives in some excited snowfall um it was not that long ago that here in my town of uh, kitchener waterloo early november set a record for the warmest i think it was november 11th uh, maybe 10th um on record and then just the other day it set the record for the coldest november like 19th or something so um weather's wacky um so is football so is fantasy football excited to break down all the wackiness um with you gentlemen as we continue on through the evening so yeah you guys got that uh that snowmageddon right the, the i think the the funny the funny line i was hearing is that like in buffalo you there was potential of um snow thunder or something like that or thunder snow snow thunder we got the tail end of it like we didn't we didn't see anything crazy we you know a very regular kind of snowfall so we got the very tail of it but nothing like what buffalo saw well i mean we are also canadian like we know absolutely of course yeah like the americans the americans make everything they sensationalize everything right and that snowstorm was probably just like a regular yeah tuesday in january for us <laughs> tuesday's always the go-to maybe some what was sorry mike tuesday's always a go-to i'm the same i was just about to say it's just like a tuesday i don't know why whenever you're thinking it's like that's just a tuesday it's quick, always a day. quick tangent tuesday is the most blah day of the week like yeah. monday at least has some like bite to it right nobody likes mondays mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. as per garfield but um i mean a tuesday a tuesday is like probably the worst thing which is unremarkable although that being said 9-11 did happen on a tuesday mm. i remember that vividly okay i, d- I did so. not know that little tidbit but to just keep this tangent going for a quick second further i've always attested that tuesdays are the worst day of work because Monday, people are getting back, and they hate Monday, so no one really, like, cares to action anything. And then Tuesday, mm-hmm. people start to, like, get shit rolling, and that's when, like, the real shit totally. comes in. Totally. Jay, would uh, commiserate with us about the work week. It's interesting. I, I, I would agree that I've always found that Monday is kind of... Um, <clears throat> 
uh, over-sensationalized for being the worst day of the week. But I will tell you the worst time of the week is Sunday evening or Sunday night. Um, that's when all your anxieties and worries that, you know, there's going to be a pile up on, on Monday morning. You kind of uh, build up a bunch of stuff in your head. You sit down on Monday morning, you got a couple emails to deal with or something, but also you realize that, oh, no, it's no big deal. It's just, you know, work as per normal. So I think for me, you know, Tuesday is not great. I don't love a Thursday. Thursday is an almost day. It's an almost there. It's not quite Friday. It's not quite knockoff time. You still got to kind of push through. You know, someone's going to book a meeting for 35 o'clock on a Thursday. You know, that's going to happen. So um, I think uh, here where you guys are coming from, love the analysis, could not agree more other than the disagreements that I have with it. I do. I do uh, love your point about a Thursday being a pretty rough go a Thursday with that like little twist of it's like you've gone through the whole morning thinking that it's actually Friday. You know, when that mm. happens, and it's just like it's just like, oh, dear Lord, what did I do to deserve this uh-huh. confusion? Um, but yeah, Sunday scaries are a real thing, too. But that's only been for me because my fantasy team sucks this year. Mm. Uh, not not the case for er- pretty much everybody else in this league, uh. except old dad. Old dad and me are slumming it up. I mean, so is Fuckboy. Uh, Fuckboy is also having yeah. uh, just a tough time. Man, yeah, Fuckboy. If Fuckboy wants to get in on this uh, <laughs> calendar watch, like by all means, yeah, I will. I will cede the throne to him. Um, I don't want to get uh, too far ahead of ourselves. Obviously, we're going to talk about how many teams won, how many teams lost. Uh, the one thing I do want to point out uh, uh, that Fuckboy brings up is um, <clears throat> Hot Dog in a Hallway, uh, which is a hilarious name. It's fantastic. Love for him to have it all season long. Um, three weeks ago, he was nowhere close to sniffing being a sub-500 team. But with three losses in a row... And again, I'm kind of jump, jumping the shark a little bit for uh, whoever's going to talk about this. We're one, we're two games away, two more losses to pile up, and and we could have another name change, uh, a legally mandated name change, which is to me just uh, uh, another reason for living for this fantasy football season. Can you remind us what that stipulation was? Absolutely. If Hot Dog in the Hallway goes sub 500, he must change his name to Bitch Boy. Right, and then under a previous bet, his name is Hot Dog in a Hallway already for the year. That's right. So does have the judges ruled that that bet supersedes the other one? Uh, yes, it, is, okay. it has been determined that um, uh, all things being fair, it was part of the uh, uh, accepted kind of nuances of the rule. Should um, Hot Dog in a Hallway fall under 500, um, it is uh, permissible for him to change his name to Bitch Boy and then change it back to Hot Dog in a Hallway should he again rise above or or rise to and above 500. It's just crazy times that we're living in, I think. Um this, I, I mean, like maybe I've been checked out, uh, and, th- and that's probably the case considering my record. Um, but I thought, uh, I mean, it gun to my head. I think you, p- I would have said Neville and my and, and brother Holly were like top of the heap for the <laughs> for the teams. But I guess Suds has run away with it, which isn't surprising if you follow, follow the history of the league. But you know what? We're going down memory lane here. We have a format. We have a structure. Of this podcast. We don't <laughs> need to go. 
uh, and deviate from that because that's that's what's got us our millions and millions of followers um, who listen every week. Uh, last week's episode, an absolute Hall of Fame episode. Um, I don't know. I like we were we were talking about we were talking about. I'm gonna doing it again. I'm doing it again. No, stick to the script, Pat. You silly goose. Uh, guys, last week we hit six teams play. Six teams uh, play against another six teams uh, for a total of 12 teams. What a save. That's why I'm the host. Um, Six of those teams won and six of those teams lost. And guess what? That's another record. We've done it again, gentlemen. 152 in a row. Yeah. It's crazy. Now, one thing I'll jump in on here is it's always fun to see, you know, at the beginning of the season, we had a, um, a number of weeks where all of the, the six highest scores won and the six lowest scores lost. And that continued for a number of weeks. That, of course, has since been obliterated. But looking at some of the, of the scores, I myself was victorious with 114.38. Had I gone against Gertie, who had 114.64, um, I would have been quite, quite devastated. If either of us had gone up against Ryan with 113.54, Ryan would have been quite, quite devastated. I would have been very happy to fucking beat Ryan. Um, We'll talk about my division and how good it is and how upsetting that is to me later. Um, But some very, very close scores that did not play each other this past week. Um, So uh, no squeaker wins, really, other than, um, Pelt, you you had a fairly close one handing the third loss in a row to Hot Dog and a hallway um but uh, i'll let you speak to that if you so desire that one was tight um even i had that i think it was what sunday night or monday night i don't know it all blurs together once sunday mm-hmm. comes you're just so drunk that the hangover rolls into monday and you just don't even know um but i think he had hopkins san fran d versus my mitchell and i was up by 10 it was a very mm. weird scenario i was up by 20 sorry and then his defense made me up by 10. And it was just one of those like matchups where a touchdown on either side might have sealed the deal for either team. Yeah. And thankfully, nothing of that nature happened. Hopkins didn't get a touchdown. Either. Well, I wish Eli Mitchell did, but mm-hmm. no San Fran D. But man, just playing with fire. When, when the Cardinals are going in there with Colt McCoy, you're already scared. And then when they yeah. put in uh, whatever the guy's name is, I can't remember his name right now because that's how relevant he is. And he threw in the reception. I was just like, Shitting bricks on Monday night. That Absolutely. sounds painful, Mike. I'm sorry that you had to go through that. Um, and to go back to your comment, Jay, of uh, squeaking by with with wins, uh, the only thing that was squeaking for me this weekend was my loose little butthole as you went to market mm, on me mm. all weekend long. Um, just, yeah. I think I had a moment of like hope, but once again, it was dashed pretty quickly. It was very early on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fuck boy bowl update. Um, fuck boy. Curtis loses the crown to Nolan in week 10. And then Nolan retains the title in the, in week 11. He now faces Ryan in week 12. And that means that the fuckboy toy title will remain in the cheeseburger locker division as uh, we enter into the this final leg of the the regular season. So it's a huge, huge uh, coup for the cheeseburger cheeseburger locker um, to uh, to take the the extreme. Um, 
the legendary honor of one of them being the fuck boy. So good luck to all contestants. Um, you've honored the next 1000 generations of your bloodline. It's a good chance, Jay, that you could very well hold the fuck boy title going into the off season. How does, how does that make you feel? Listen, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's not get into the chaos until we talk chaos report presented by Carl's Jr. Uh, we have a format for this podcast, which has gotten us millions of listeners and 16 million plays last week, as we pointed out. So um, I'm not going to answer that right now. What I will answer is how excited are you guys for Rival Wee Week? Oh, I, I, I've been looking forward to it all season long. I know it's been a bit of a, a bit of a forgettable season for me, but I like the, these are the games you get up for. You're, you're just, um, you're, you're Cincinnati playing Baltimore in, in week 17 and you, you score that final Tyler Boyd touchdown to knock the Ravens out of the playoffs and put the Buffalo bills into the playoffs. It's, it's legendary stuff. I've got the distinct honor, um, of, uh, of playing, uh, danish this week a, a rival a storied rival mm-hmm. of mine um yeah and it's going to be a classic we'll call it right now it's going to be an absolute classic i do have a question hall i think you're the best person to answer this there was um uh, a time a a an adult film actress uh wanted to set the guinness record for most uh men to have uh, penetrative sex with her in a 24-hour period of time do you recall the name of that adult actress See, I the the one that comes to mind is a Lauren Phillips. Okay. Um, for some reason, is is it? For some reason, I think it's like Super Bowl related, right? Like I think. It Anyways, would... your team is going to get Lauren Phillips by your division over the next three weeks. And <laughs> oh, as you said, it's a uh, can't miss television. Spoiler alert. Um. Yeah, fuck. I'm I'm still I still got Lauren Phillips in my head here. So, um, gentlemen, who are your uh, who are the 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 rivals you're uh, excited to uh, to play this week? I've got to tell you right off the top. I'm looking at the upcoming week, and I know projections are just for for shits, right? But um, uh, right now, I'm looking. At my team. I'm feeling good. Uh, the the bye weeks are done. I've got a solid lineup. I've got the lineup I want. Uh, came out uh, more or less healthy. Uh, I got the second best projection uh, in the league this week. Um, maybe some other people need to, to set their lineups further, but uh, I'm going against Brother Hallwall, Flacaroni and Cheese, who has the highest projection this week. I don't understand his team. I don't understand how long before um, uh, Justin Fields was running 100 yards, even before that, um, even before Dak came back, his team was still putting up, you know, 110, 120 points. And it made no sense to me. It makes some sense now. He's got a healthy Dak. He's got a hopefully for him, not for me at all. Justin Fields is going to be all right with that uh, weird torn, tore out his whole shoulder, but it's not his throwing shoulder. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I, I think this one could be the one that's uh, – this is the real yardstick game for uh, our division and the whole league. Um, hopefully uh, uh, coming out on top, but uh, it's going to be dicey. Mike, any rivals that you're uh, that piqued your? Uh, oh, it's one hundred percent got to be Gertie, defending champ coming in. The um, you know what do we call that? The poster boy of mocking of this podcast over the last two years that yeah. we've just failed to defeat 
is now again on another winning streak, top of the division. I'm 3-0 in the division. I have to win this week. We'll get into that later. But, like, man, that that is the guy. I don't have to worry about the fish. The guy's been in the toilet bowl more times than I've gone to the bathroom the last three days. Um, oh! <laughs> and as you said, Hallwell, your, your season's not going great, and the odds of you catching me are very minimal. So, definitely, Gertie, it's a rivalry. I gotta take him down. Cannot let him win another championship. He's at two. Um, that would not be pretty. This uh this sets the stage uh for the rest of the season in our division. Cause if you're able to get that lead on Gertie, you both of you presumably play Danish and I the rest of the way, right? So um That's it. It's it, it it's kind of a sprint for you guys to to see who can lock it up. So yeah, I totally agree. It, this this could be four. All the marbles, as they say on the school ground. Basically, I'm Canada, uh, Gurney's Belgium, and I need to win and reverse what happened today in real life. That's a pretty that's a pretty nice compliment for Gertie calling him Belgium. That's true. Not based on the way they played today, though. Um We've kind of already done a, a a division breakdown for for the cheeseburger locker. Um, but let's Let's just do a quick summary of that, just just for those that weren't able to keep pace. Cheeseburger Locker, um, I'm looking at it, easily the strongest division in the league. Um, every team is above 500. Um, we've got 1.21 Gigaguts uh, at nine, nine wins, two losses. Flacaroni and Cheese at eight wins, three losses. My Commissioner at six wins, five losses. And Redak Pitch Dak at six wins, five losses. Um it's kind of crazy to think that one of these teams won't make playoffs. Um, I, I, I think we're we're seeing the uh, the system g- kind of taking taking it out on a on a player, but it would be unprecedented if the entire division made a uh, made playoffs, which I, I think is I think it's possible it's as possible. long as Nolan and I both win our games against Ryan um, and uh, Brother Hallwell, then then I think. And then obviously everything else. I think it's possible as long as you get those wins. Yeah, I I think it's basically Ryan needs to lose out the rest of the way, and everybody else just just clean up their wins. I mean, it's yeah. it, it gets very it gets very messy. So yeah, going to be an absolute uh, bloodbath in that division. Uh, next uh, next division is unwanted champions. I'll talk about unwanted champions. This is an interesting one. Obviously, we have the free-falling Free Hernandez, mostly out of the picture, but they are tied for uh, last place, if you will, three and eight, uh, with two others from a different division. So nothing is uh, nothing's gone, nothing's uh, given. It will come down. I think this one could be interesting. Right now, the way we're looking at it, you got to win the division to get in the playoffs. Um, we got uh, um, Gertie six and five, then Swedish Fish five six pelt with her beer enthusiasm at five six so this one could be interesting uh, pelt's got to be feeling pretty decent with the three o and o in division as we head into the triple uh rival we rivalry week whoa um, yeah listen um so uh this one should be could be a, a dog fight um be very very interesting to to see where we are in a week or two this is going to be the chaos report is just going to be full of this division as we close out the regular season uh in last division we got victor and victims uh mike 
Well, this is kind of, you know, bringing those these two divisions together and uh, splitting it down the middle, so to speak. The, the third child of them, if you will, where two teams are even at the top, two teams are even at the bottom, and I don't think there's going to be much movement um, here at all. You have Suds and Neville at 6-5. and five. Neville's gone on a bit of a free fall, as we've already said. Suds as well, though. He's lost two in a row. And if you look at the points for for either of them, Neville specifically, like not super, super strong. Um, so no one there is really pulling ahead of the pack. And I think the next three weeks could be interesting because I think Fuckboy's got a team that could cause some upsets, cause some chaos, um, not to win the division, but maybe, you know, as you said, make someone not get that final playoff spot. So if I had to predict it, I got to go back to old faithful Suds winning this division. I do not want to see him win a championship, but... Uh, I think he's got a pretty solid team, and uh, he'll t- he'll take this one for sure, for sure. Uh, that's the division breakdown. We're going to move on to our uh, Wendy's waiver wire and the Tim Hortons trade corner, uh, which uh, has some developments. Uh, gentlemen, we've had a, a few players, a uh, few players get picked up this week. A few players um, get dropped. Or I, I would say it's probably our our one of our lesser weeks. So I'll just whip whip through these pretty quickly. And you guys let me know if there's any thoughts that you'd like to express about them. Um, at the top of the list, we got uh, the backup quarterback, Mike white being picked up by chubby for Chuba. Number one, Andre. Um, and he drops Melvin Gordon. Uh, the third who was recently cut in real life by the Denver Broncos. Um, what do we think about this uh, maneuver? Uh, yeah, Melvin Gordon took it upon himself with his agent to be like, yeah, there's lots of teams that are like really interested in me. <laughs> um, so we'll see if that's true. I don't foresee it being true. Um, a QB that's going to start a game. That's that's important. And it's not easy to find in our league. Am I happy? You know, am I interested or excited about Mike White? No. Um, this is a nothing burger like the rest of this waiver wire, but let's keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Sky Moore, uh, gets picked up by, uh, pitch Dak, uh, and he drops a Keontae Ingram, uh, backup running back for Arizona. Um, phew. Oh, excuse me. I'm allergic to that pick. Um, <laughs> cause I think it's just so gross. Um, jump in guys. If you, I, I'm just going to blast through these. What, DeMarcus Justin away. Watson, not available. So I do want to add. A quick point. What a strange line. <laughs> Sorry, just to, to throw in a quick point that Keontae Ingram was picked up by Nolan during the waiver wire period and dropped at eight twelve in the morning for Sky Moore. Yeah. If that uh, adds I mean, any I mean, more to the conversation. No, he or was not. taking a shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean it's it, it's clearly indicative of, of somebody who is just unsure as to what mm. their team identity is and, and yeah. I mean the fact that you're relying on a sky more to save your team. Eh, I don't know. I think, I think pitch Dak realizes that he's in a, in a tough situation. And and even with his pristine record, um, he might be SOL. Speaking of pitch Dak, he picked up uh, Demarcus Robinson and dropped uh, Jahan Dotson. Um, Dotson has had a few games where he's like popped off, but um, yeah, not really Washington. anything here. Um, Indianapolis picked up for over uh, New Orleans, and that was by UJ. 
Uh, we've got the Yanti Ingram pickup. KC picked up for the uh, the Rams defense. Mike, that was by you. Yeah. Uh, and then Mike, you actually, I actually like this last um, this last pickup. Uh, oh, wait, Juwan Johnson. Maybe I'm thinking of another player. I'm thinking of the San Francisco wide receiver whose name is oh, yeah. something else. Something um, very so similar. I don't, I don't have any thoughts on this. This actually <laughs> also feels like a nothing burger. I think everybody I got excited because there seemed to be some energy there at the end of the segment, which has just completely been lull and void <laughs> of any any energy we're, at this point. We're just at that point in the season where yeah. um, all the good players are on teams. And mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's the way it goes. Um Trade center or trade corner. Whoops, not to yeah, break well, any copyright <laughs> laws there. Sorry, TSN. Um, Tim Hortons trade corner. Um, there was the trade deadline that passed this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know for me, I've been out of talks like the last little while. I'm, I'm curious if you guys had heard anything. Um, if there's any rumblings of a big deal going down, yeah. this the, I, 390, I, I just think has kind of like solidified its lineups i i don't know if um maybe i'm incorrect in that no i, I had some brief talks um i'm just trying to pull up the quick conversation here um because i don't mind disclosing personal conversations with you guys andre was talking to me about um, making a deal i forget who he wanted i don't remember it's it's too far oh no he wanted jeff wilson um and there was nothing he was going to give me that made sense. So he wanted me to give him Wilson for free, and I said no. Um, mm. So that was about as far as those talks went. Um, you know, from an outsider standpoint, a trade previous to this week with Andre may have made sense because he could have maybe made a push had he beaten Gertie, which was my division rival as well. But nothing of substance came of that. Yeah, it was an interesting trade deadline. We had a relatively active year from trades, uh, you know, and quite a number of trades made throughout and some, uh, you know, smaller ones, some good football trades, one or two blockbusters. But uh, yeah, trade deadline ended up being very quiet. I had myself, uh, you know, a couple pokes about, a couple people poking me. It was like Facebook had just uh, started, Um, but nothing really came of it. I think people were, you know, a lot of people looking for similar things the way the, the season has gone. So not uh not much going on um that'll bring us to the uh the end of this segment and we are bringing back the fan favorite segment of the chaos report this one is presented by uh carl's jr uh our chaos report uh is the super secret computer that we use to break down um all outcomes um for the uh for the remainder of the season and this kind of predicts who exactly has the best chance to get into the playoffs who's out of the playoffs um and kind of uh what that seating might might look like so i will give it to the brainchild of the chaos report and and uh throw up mike's way mike uh break it down what's the old uh what's the old bitch telling us the old bitch is telling us a few things this week heading into uh week 12 or week 11 whatever week we're on right now Hard to keep track, as you said, Sunday night just rolls into the next week. So, with three weeks left, all divisional matchups, Ryan can actually become the first player to clinch a playoff spot. He only needs a simple little win over Nolan. And regardless of any other outcomes, he would retain a three-game lead over seventh place. And, guys, math's been trouble before on this podcast, but after this week, there will only be two games left. 
So if he has a three-game lead, what does that mean? He's playoffs. 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 All right, we yeah. got there. Okay, we got there. So even if he loses, he would also clinch with a Neville Suds or New Dad loss. So our team of statisticians from our data class that we all know have said Ryan's playoff chances are 99.938335312% heading into this week. So that's pretty good, pretty good odds of Ryan making the playoffs. Keeping on that path, Brother Hallwell. He can clinch a playoff spot if he secures a victory over New Dad, period. He'll be in because New Dad's kind of sitting in that seventh spot right now and none of the other teams can catch Brother Hallwell. Also, due to points four, his playoff chances are currently sitting at 9.9233252234322%. That number was a lot harder to read than the previous one, um, but slightly behind um, Ryan's chances. So all that to say, those two are probably going to make the playoffs, if anyone didn't know. Next. Sorry, you had something to say, Hallwell? Uh, no, I, I, I was just like, uh, not surprising, mm-hmm. but you were moving on to your point. I'm actually wasting more time than anything right now. So I apologize. <laughs> we're making a really good time in this podcast. So we've got like a ton of questions that have come in from the viewers. So hopefully, you know, we'll have time for all of those, but, uh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Making good time so far. Um, but the, the computer statistics tell us the biggest impact mac- match of the week is Gertie versus Pelts. Um, a Gertie win will essentially push myself to the brink of elimination. I will only have a 16.32353% chance um, if I lose this week. But if I win, it'll invoke crispy chaos, as they put Whoa. it. Oh. No. What is crispy chaos? We'll find out if I win this week, won't we? I guess. Maybe I, I, I think uh, betting people would love for that uh, that to happen then. So would I. I would pull into the lead of the division with two games left, and potentially if Danish can find a way to win, we'll find out later in the Big Mary's predictions, it would be a three-way tie. So that's exciting in the whatever division I'm in that I don't want to scroll up and name right now. The last division to kind of take a little looks yet with respect to stats, Holly, yourself, you're you're in our division, but old dad and fuckboy are in that third division we talked about. You could all be eliminated from playoff contention this weekend with wins from four of the six and five teams. But even if that doesn't happen this week, none of you carry much chance to make the playoffs. Fuckboy and old dad are actually coming in at a 4.552354 chance of making it. And Holly, you actually have a 6.9% chance nice. of making the playoffs. <laughs> nice. Nice. I saw that on the notes. I highlighted it. Um, very excited. Six point nine. Mm-hmm. There's a um, yeah. I mean, there's definitely a joke there. Like, I think six point nine is actually the punchline to one of um the dumbest uh, jokes about sixty nining. But um, I, I'm I'm stoked about that. Six point nine. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't believe. I feel like I feel like I've had no chance forever like for a very long yeah. time. And the fact that I'm, I'm not, I don't even have like the worst odds of making playoffs, like blows my mind. I guess I would have to win the division somehow. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's gotta be the mm-hmm. only way I make it. So it is. I don't know. We'll, we'll see, I guess. Mm-hmm. So the last thing that the league analytics popped out of their supercomputer 
much like the format of the wins and losses and the streak we're on, six teams are actually likely going to make the playoffs, and six teams will not make the playoffs. Incredible. Just just wild. So Unbelievable. Great Numbers don't lie. Numbers don't lie. That's math. Um, hot damn! I did not know we we snagged Big Marys as a uh, as a, a sponsor, but Big Marys has uh, brought us this week's weekly uh, predictions. Um, and as we uh, before we jump into the analysis of it all, uh, Big Mary would like us to do a breakdown of um, the 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 leaderboard of the pickums this year. I remain in first place, but my lead has narrowed. Um, I am sitting at 20 and 16. Uh, Pelt and Jay are both tied for second at 19 and 17. This is still very much anybody's game. Um, It's going to come down to the wire, and that's very exciting. Um, With that, gentlemen, unless... uh, Jimmy needs uh, needs anything else. What do you say we we go into these old uh, these old matchups and and, and let's, let's do it. Break let's it down. Look. Okay. Well, we are our first matchup. It's uh, you know what Mike just did a lot of talking. I'm going to give him a breather. We're gonna we're gonna switch it up. Um, uh, the chaos report identified that Pelts and Gertie was the the matchup with the most impact. Jay. Mm-hmm. Break it down for us. What's going to happen in this match? Let's look at this. Right off the hop, both um, uh, lineups are full, so nobody gets an auto uh, disconnect uh, because of lacking fullness. Let's uh, let's break it down. It's a serious business. We look at Gertie. He's got Trevor Lawrence and Jimmy Garoppolo, and you wonder how has he won any games, and we'll get to that. On the other side of the ball, we've got Herbert, who we like, who has been looking more healthy recently and should have his Keenan Allen, as he did recently in the last game, and might have Mike Williams again this week, so that's looking good, but then... Much to Pelt's own chagrin, you've heard him talk uh, about how much he doesn't care for Mr. Mariota, um, who could come out because Danny Jones just put up a 26-pointer on the past week. <clears throat> so QBs goes to Pelt's here. Obviously, the tables turn drastically when we look at wide receivers. Gertie with uh, Higgins. Chase might be back. Ayuk uh, looking good. Uh, and Christian Kirk in the flex, actually, versus Olave, who we like for volume, but we don't like who's throwing to him. Peoples-Jones and Jacoby Myers, both of which feel like a heavy stretch. Even if Chase doesn't play, well, there's not much on the, well, Cup isn't coming back either. This one goes to Gertie, but not by a long shot. He needs Chase to play to really pull this out. Um, Back to running backs, Chubb and Ken Walker, along with Jeff Wilson Jr. in the flex spot for Pelts, looking real good and much better over Ramondre Stevenson, who has continued to do uh, well, and Rashad White, who may have um, uh, the starting job locked up. A lot of confusion about whether that's true or not in Tampa Bay, but seems likely. Comes down to to tight ends. So we're going to give that one to Pelts with uh, Ken Walker and Chubb. Crazy. So we will get the, oh, sorry. 
And then uh, uh, Gertie's got Fryermuth in the tight end spot, and then uh, Juwan Johnson, New Orleans, uh, kind of breakout. If he scores a touchdown, he scores three um, tight end. That one's a toss-up. I like Fryermuth just because it's Pittsburgh, it's Dumpsville. Um, no big deal. Defense could go either way. This one, I like the edge to Pelts, um, uh, but uh, Jamar Chase is the game-breaker. If he plays, uh, he could be a big deal. Um, so we'll see, but, but pelts gives the edge to me. Um, Jay, I want to apologize. Cause I like, I misinterpreted your, uh, um, your tone. Mm-hmm. I, I, I thought you were done, but you obviously still had some analysis. I had, I had more to give. You did have more to give. You always have more to give you. You are just, <clears throat> you're, you're, you're selfless in your ability to just continue giving. It's really, it's a really attractive quality, actually, if I can be frank. Um, uh, but enough flirting with my co-host here. Uh, I think the Jamar Chase uh, call is is especially a good one. Um, they play Tennessee this week. This this feels like a matchup that determines playoff rankings potentially. Um, if since he's able to go on and win the division, um, not saying that that's a lock, but uh, Tennessee looks like they're they're kind of rolling right now, so. Um, it should be one of the better games of the weekend. And I don't know if since he can, can sort of like mess around with that, with that team, unless they have chase chase is the wheel that chase is the piece that just makes this whole thing run in Cincy. And it's, uh, um, it, that's not nothing to say against Joe or, or T or, um, other Joe who's dealing with a concussion right now. Um, but chase is chase is an absolute like uh, game breaker. Yeah, I think if I had to, thank you for saying I would win, Jay. It means a lot. Um, but if I had to poke a hole in my own team, I don't necessarily like relying on two Saints and two Browns um, across my lineup because, you know, playing Tampa Bay, they've been known to have a good defense at times and they could shut them down. Same thing with New Orleans against San Francisco, so that could hurt me. Um, but I like Walker and Wilson. I think my matchup could be one um, with those two guys at home. Russian. We're going to move on to our our next matchup. Um, uh, Mike, would you like to go first on this one? I, I we could do the uh, old dad versus Neville. I'm ready. Okay, rock and roll. Fully ready. Um, Andre's made a lot of moves this year. Not a lot of impactful ones. Um, I look at this matchup and I I see Kenny Pickett starting for Neville. And I want to think that Andre's got a chance. But then I see Mac Jones and Jacoby Brissett playing quarterback for Andre. And Neville's got Lamar Jackson, whose rushing yards will probably outscore both of Andre's quarterbacks um, combined. Mac Jones, I don't know if you guys noticed, but there was no touchdowns scored by the offenses in the New York-New England game last week. That was pretty sad. So I'm not not giving uh, much faith there. When I look at the receivers, Neville's got Diggs. St. Brown and Hopkins. Do I even need to list Andre's receivers to tell you who's going to win this matchup? I will for the viewers. It's Samuel, Burks, and Evans. Um, But that's going to Neville. Andre could get the edge at running back. He's got Dalvin Cook, James Conner, and Pacheco, who's seemingly become the RB1 in Kansas City, um, coming up against Kamara, Fournette, and Montgomery. But I still like the floor with those three guys for Neville, and I think the rest of his team... We'll carry him. The projections got Neville 15 points winning 
right now, tight end, I would normally say could be a game breaker with Kittle for Andre, but outside of last week, Kittle hasn't really been the guy we've maybe thought he could be. It's not going to be enough for Andre to win here. Neville's going to back, get back to winning. Andre is going to keep fighting for that calendar with you, Hallwell. Makes sense. Um, yeah, it makes sense. Sad times for us. Um, Jade, you got anything you want to add to that? No, solid, solid. Nothing to add. Couldn't agree more. Yep, I uh, I like the way you did that, Mike. It was clean. It was efficient. So we're just going to move on to the next matchup. Um, I've got the breakdown for uh, Ryan versus Nolan. Projections have them 110.71 for Ryan to 108.85. So the uh, uh, Yahoo is thinking that this is going to be a pretty tight game. Um, I got to be honest, though. I do not think it's going to be as tight. And I think this is a runaway for Ryan. I'll give a... Uh, uh, little bit of a spoiler uh spoil my own pick but if we do the breakdown we see that um ryan loses on the quarterback battle he's got tom brady and andy dalton playing versus nolan's uh josh allen and ryan Tannehill. i i think allen and Tannehill both have really good weeks this week um i think i think allen especially going against detroit that's just going to be a slaughter um I had the foresight to take uh, tomorrow off of work, so I just get to watch football all day, which I'm very excited about. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm definitely eager to see what what Josh is going to do because Josh is a man amongst men. But this is where Ryan sort of makes up the difference. Adam Thielen, Brandon Cooks, and George Pickens uh, as his starting wideouts versus Michael Pittman, um, Gabe Davis, and Christian Watson. Um, Pittman has not done a lot this year. Uh, the Colts are still trying to figure it out. They're they're playing they're playing better than they, than they have at the beginning of the season. But um, yeah, I, I still don't see Pittman as a lock. Gabe Davis is is absolutely on an awesome offense. I just don't know if this is his game. Like I I feel like this is a big Diggs game. Like I would say Diggs goes for like three touchdowns or something like that and just pads the pads the numbers. Uh and then Watson um against the Philly D. And like I think Philly's gonna put Slay on uh on Watson and and the vet is gonna get the best of the uh the rookie there. Um not to say that Ryan's wide receivers are amazing, but I just think that they've shown enough this year that they're gonna be able to get the job done. At running back, it's an absolute slaughter. Uh, Ryan, um, it kind of makes sense why he's doing so well. Uh, he's got Derrick Henry and Joe Mixon um, as his one-two. Joe is in concussion protocol, as I've alluded to uh, earlier in the podcast. But if you scroll down on Ryan's bench, and this is just like an example of great team building, he's got Samaj P. Ryan on the bench. So if we get a late inactive for, for Joe uh, Mixon on Sunday – well, guess what? He he's got the backup. He's got the play. Samaje went for three touchdowns last week. Um, I'm not saying that that's going to happen again against the Tennessee defense, but he's got the piece to just fill that in and take less of a hit than than having to try and find somebody else. Um, Nolan has Singletary and uh, Saquon Barkley. They both play tomorrow. Um, Singletary absolutely could play. I, I I'm curious if they if if tomorrow's a big James Cook game. Um, just due to that um, that porous defense that Detroit has. And Saquon Barkley going against the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys have been for real this year. That 
defense especially. Um, and I think they know that the offense goes through Saquon, and, and I think they, they game plan for shutting that down. Um, hell of a tight end battle, actually, this year the, in this game, though. Uh, Travis Kelsey, monster game on Sunday night. Uh, Nolan um, told me that he's he's just like, Nolan has him in a, in a few other leagues, but it's actually Ryan who has him in 390. But Nolan said that having Travis Kelsey on, on his team this year has been going into Sunday late Sunday night matchups and being like, oh, Travis is just going to get me the win this week. And that's what he did. That's what he did on Sunday. I think he's they're playing the Rams uh, this Sunday. I, I think Kelsey will go for 100 and a touchdown. Like that's that's kind of just his output, what his output has been so far. Um, TJ Hawkinson, though, for for Nolan, great play this year uh, ever since the trade. Um, Hawkinson going against the New England defense. I think there's room for Hawkinson to find the end zone, so I don't – I actually kind of see the, the the tight end play a little more bit more even in flex. Uh, we got Raheem Mostert for Ryan going uh, going against the the Texans, so I think that's a big big day for Mostert versus uh, Deontay Johnson, who like Pittman. Uh, has not really played up to the the highest potential this year. And on defense, uh, we got the Broncos going against the uh, the Panthers for Ryan. I think that's a an absolute studly play. And we got the Jets going against Chicago. That one's a little bit iffier. Uh, and I know those Jets are are feeling pretty frustrated with the uh, with their quarterback right now. So with all that said, in that long analysis, um, I've got I've got Ryan taking the win this week. Yeah, and I'll, I'll stop you right there. You know, I, I'm a big proponent of Brother Hallwell on this show, who's not even talking to Ryan. So I feel like, you know, and he's not on the podcast to talk, so I need to step in right here. Okay. Ryan, guys, you know all about my data class I'm taking. Something called mm-hmm. regression to the mean. Mm-hmm. Ryan has been punching above his weight class all year. His last six matchups, which he's won... The average point scored by his opponent is 81 points. Call that luck. Call that skill on Ryan's part for having a decent team. Whatever you want to call it, it's not going to happen this week. I think uh, Nolan's team is actually going to put up a good fight here. Being 6-5, and five, projected to be 109. I think Nolan will stick around there. I think his team's solid enough. Um, Ryan is going to start to crash back down to earth. He'll still make the playoffs, but he may be... This year's Neville, regular season hero, playoff zero. Whoa. That's wow. devastating uh, analysis for Ryan there. I'm, I'm curious with every... Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a good one. <laughs> with, with Ryan already not speaking with uh, one of his best friends, Brother Hallwell, to hear that on the podcast sent out to the masses, the millions of people that we, that we have listening to. I, I can only imagine the dire straits that Ryan, Ryan is in right now. I still believe in his team this week, but um, hot damn. That was juicy, Mike. Thanks. Thanks for coming in. That's what I'm here for. Jay, Jay do you want to uh, piggyback? All, all I'm going to say is as the Gabe Davis stack has been uh, on or it's been off. We always uh, we we knew about this. They're playing Detroit. It's going to be on. It's going to be it's going to be the thing that sends it. This is going to be an absolutely madness game. Take the over. Take it way over. 
Um, I give it to uh, Pitch Deck, Redack. Very nice. Okay, we're halfway done. Six teams have been analyzed. Uh, Jay, we're going to go Fuckboy versus Suds. Break it down for mm. us. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. This is going to be interesting. I mean, you've got a, a third place team going against a tenth place team. Let's let's go look. Uh, the one thing about Curtis's team, he's got Geno Smith in there. I think we can all agree that we love a, a Geno Smith comeback story, prove him wrong story. Um, the one thing I think Curtis needs to have go right for himself is he's got Josh Jacobs and Johnny Taylor. Now, Josh Jacobs had a couple of games there where he just exploded and we were all kind of like, okay, this is it. This is it. Um, and, and it's been, uh, you know, pedestrian since, uh, Jonathan Taylor finally got a, a couple games where he went. It sounds like, uh, Mr. Saturday is uh, going to be helping, uh, Taylor get the ball and, and make game plans that make sense. Um, but there's not much else on his team that I'm loving. He's got DJ Moore, which is just terrible news, depending on who starts. Sam Darnold might start, and that actually could be really good news for DJ Moore. Um, he's got the Isaiah Likely, who I'm a huge, huge fan of in Dynasty, but not in redraft in the tight end position. Um, Baltimore defense against Jacksonville should be fine. Uh, on the other side, though, Joe Burrow, like we said, going up against a Tennessee team that's looked all right, um, and Derek Carr, who uh, you know we thought was going to be MVP of the year. Um, uh, in fact, one of uh, the people that we play with thought he was going to be the MVP of the Super Bowl, um, which was silly and ridiculous. Suds is going to be uh, hoping that Tyreek Hill does the work. Mike Williams may or may not play. Austin Eckler will obviously get at least one touchdown. Whether Miles Sanders does or not is up in the air. Another T. Hill in Taysom is in the tight end spot. Could go off, couldn't, could not. Against San Francisco, I don't really see it happening. In the end, I think the strength of um, Sud's lineup throughout is the thing that saves him here, um, unless we see uh, uh, Jacobs and Taylor both um, put up, you know, kind of um, towards the upper echelon of what they have done thus far this season. Um, no reason to say that they won't. Um, Taylor should run a lot in a good game script against Pittsburgh, but I think this one's uh, going to go to Sudsy Wudsy. Hell yeah. What was the, there was something you said that I wanted to take issue with, but you're just such a good speaker, Jay, that I, I, I don't think I can. I, no, I you, you thought you wanted to take umbrage with it, but you realized you were wrong. Yeah. I, can I apologize? Please do. I apologize. It's quite all right. Thank you. Um, Mike, I'm getting the impression by your body language that you're uh, not interested in putting an opinion. Um, no, Zoom told me I had signed out, so I was trying to figure out what the fuck was happening considering this call is still live and you guys can hear me and I can hear you. So, no, that was literally all I was trying to contend with there. Um, cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, we are, we're going to, we're going to attempt fate here and I want you to specifically break down mine and Danish's rival matchup this week. This matchup. Oh man. What wow, have we wow, wow. What have we said? What have we learned? What have we done? What has Danish learned this year? Nothing. How many times this podcast have we said? Set your goddamn lineup. We record on Wednesday night. Also, 
Tomorrow's Thanksgiving. And there's three games. His lineup's still not set. Now, that guy doesn't play tomorrow, but people need to get their heads out of their asses. We're here doing work for you guys, and you don't listen to us. But th that's not our problem. Um, on the other side, Dana still has $100 in fab budget, which is another problem. So this is all culminating in a giant fucking victory for Holly this week. He is going to crush the fish. He's going to become the lifeless fish. He's barely got any life at five and six. Yeah. He's he's going to give himself a little bit more life because Hallwell's going to win. I'm going to win. And that will still give Hallwell life to maybe free Hernandez by the end of the season. Because I think he needs to win out and pretty much a bunch of shit needs to happen. But we can get into that in the next Chaos Report. Let's focus on this matchup. I'm getting too excited. 6.9%. Hernandez is innocent. Let him free. Shut up from the rooftops. That's it. So let's let's look at the matchup. Mahomes for Danish and a corpse that isn't playing. So that's one quarterback versus Heineke and Cousins. Cousins should be in a bit of a bounce back spot against New England at home. Um, Heineke is playing the Atlanta defense, which, you know, Sometimes look good, sometimes doesn't, but I'm assuming Heineke will look like Tom Brady on Sunday. Um, so I'm giving the quarterbacks to Hawley here. Receivers, Mooney, Sutton, and Cooper. Um, for Danish, up against McLaurin, Gallup, and Robinson. Um, I think Robinson actually started to catch some footballs in the last couple weeks since Stafford's been hurt and or cup. Um, so that's interesting. Gallup, I haven't really kept up on how he's been doing, um, but I like McLaurin against Atlanta. You want to add in on that? Oh, I was just going to say, look at my record. That's how Gallup's been doing. <laughs> Fair. Um, true, true, true. McLaurin against Atlanta. I, I love a good stack, especially against a defense that could be exposed. Um, that could be a higher scoring game. Um, so I'm going to give the slight edge to Holly again here. Look at running backs. No one can argue, you know, your dreams come true. Unfortunately, the rest of your roster has not. McCaffrey is on the Niners and looking spry as fuck. Um, so that's fantastic. You've got Latavius Murray with Denver. I don't think there's any other options there. So that's good up against Aaron Jones and Gibson. I think the running backs are pretty close, but I think the ceiling of McCaffrey, um, I'll give it to you slightly there. Andrews versus Knox. You know, Andrews was in that upper echelon, maybe still is, um, but he's not as godly as he was at the start of this year and the end of last year. And I think Knox is one of those guys that's going to absolutely catch fire here at the end of the season. So if you could go on a run, he could maybe be a little spark plug, spark plug for you. Um, and then the flex, Swift versus Metcalf. I think it's a wash. I think Metcalf gets his touches. I think Swift probably gets his touchdown. And maybe like 30 to 40 yards, they seem to be using him sparingly in some spots. So if Danish had a quarterback in there, I see a two on the bench, but he's not in the lineup. So that doesn't matter to me. Um, and I'm giving this to Hallwell. All day. I uh, appreciate that breakdown. It would be how embarrassing would it be for Danish if I beat him? That would be very embarrassing. Like that would essentially crush his playoff hopes, right? Absolutely. It'd be direct to the shit bowl. It'd be direct to the shit bowl. <laughs> you heard it here first, everybody. Direct to the shit bowl if he loses against me. That's crazy. That is absolutely bananas. Right to the calendar cup. Uh, Jay, you got anything you want to follow up on? Um, 
I'm going to go with Danish. He likes to play it fast and loose with setting the lineup. I think the lineup gets set. Um, uh, and uh, record speech for themselves. Uh, I'm voting for maximum chaos, and I think um, Danish getting a win rather than falling victim again to Hernandez is uh, more chaos-inducing, so I'm for it. Okay. Fuck you. Um, we'll move on to our final matchup, which is, oh, no, I get to review Jay versus Brother Hallwell. I, I'll be partial on this, guys, like, in, or impartial. Whoops, slip of the tongue. Um, no, but what it, what is my breakdown of this? Um, we've got Flacaroni and Cheese projected at 125.62, and uh, my commissioner projected at 119.64. Um, both, like, both looking to box this weekend um at quarterback at the beginning of the season like these would this would have been a good matchup but we got jalen hurts um and uh, russell wilson for jay versus dak prescott and justin fields um i think i give the edge to uh mike on the quarterback play but i do think that if there is a game where russell wilson does pop off it could be this game carolina has been absolute like tire fire um, and Jalen Hurts is playing uh, prime time against Green Bay in Philadelphia. It this might be a statement game, and I know that there's not real like real science behind that, but I do think I, I think players just bring a, a certain extra extra something when it comes whenever when it's all eyes on them. Um, Just based on on names alone, I will give quarterback to to Mike, but I do think Jay makes it closer than than probably what it should be. At wide receiver, I do have to give it to Mike as well. It's Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, and C.D. Lamb, all in pretty plus matchups for themselves versus uh, Jay's Debo Samuel, Jalen Waddle, and Chris Godwin. Um, just stacked at the wide receiver position. This is good football we get to watch. Um yeah, I still give it I still give it to Mike, but wouldn't be surprised if it's closer than than what I think with uh with Jay's wide receivers. At running back, uh Mike going with the all Cowboys approach of Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott, who have been both effective. It was a strategy that kind of perplexed me at the beginning of the season, but that's proven itself to be um quite durable and quite uh uh, quite profitable for for Mike as he's sitting in second place here with eight wins. Um, Damian Pierce and Travis Etienne uh, for Jay's running backs. I think just based on the fact that they play on different teams, I'm going to give Jay the edge here. Um, that feels like more opportunities uh, for his running backs. Uh, but once again, those Cowboy running backs can have a day. They can have a game. Um, Tony Pollard was a star last week, but Zeke still got his his end zone touches, and um, they're both very very productive players. Um, Dolchich and Hurst at the tight end position. Um, I'll say Dolchich takes the game. That means that Russell Wilson's going to have a day, but I um, I just think with Jamar Chase coming back, Hayden Hurst is going to take a backseat to. Uh, lose some of those touches to the best player on the Bengals um, at uh, in the flex spot. We got Juju Smith Schuster for Mike versus uh, Najee Harris. Um, 
I like Najee, but Najee hasn't done anything this year. I just don't know if I can put Schuster over him. So we'll go uh, we'll go edge to Jay on that. And then in defense, we got the Indianapolis defense play, um, playing against Pittsburgh for Jay versus the Dallas defense going against the Giants, which I think is going to have a day with them tomorrow. And so with that, I give it to Mike. Gentlemen, um, do you have any analysis that I missed out on? Uh, no, you you rounded up there pretty good. No disagreements other than I I believe in me, so I choose me. Um, but uh, I went and looked. Uh, I was like, oh man, yeah, he did choose all those cowboys. What what happens if uh, those cowboys all go on by? So I went in week nine where cowboys had the buy. Um, he had a uh, hundred forty seven points. Um, 42 of which came from Fields, uh, 20 plus which have came from Kenyon Drake. Um, so even when uh, when those kind of uh, things you might think, oh, picking a lot of people from one team would backfire, no. So uh, a quake into my booties. Uh, luckily, uh, a loss doesn't end anything for me. It makes things trickier. But uh, hoping for uh, hoping for a big big day for my boys. Totally. Help. Yeah, not much to add there. I think Fields is a big question mark um, for Brother Hallwell. His shoulder, he looked like he was in a lot of pain at the end of the Atlanta game. Um, that reliance on Dallas scares me, as you guys have already touched on. So I think it's a little bit finicky, but I think like you know, if Dallas has a decent day tomorrow against the Giants' rush defense, which they should, and Fields plays, I'm giving the edge to Brother Hallwell here, but that could turn on a dime. I think both these teams are respectable, as the projections say. I, this might be, I, I know we started off with the Gertie and Pelt matchup, but this might be the second matchup to watch this week because I think it's just going to be fireworks. And I think that's going to be fun. I've got a doggy whining at me. So that's that's my indication that we need to uh, wrap up this, this spot. Gentlemen, we had a killer episode today. I think it was very smooth, very uh, enjoyable for me. Um, do you guys have anything you want to say before we uh, we wrap up here? There is one little tidbit at the end there. Sorry, I uh, got added in late um, by oh. our production assistant. Yeah, okay. So uh, reading it, Jimmy, Jimmy's got the question here. Uh, and, and Commissioner, this is to you. Uh, when is the next head honcho huddle? A great, great question. It's uh, and it's timely. Next week, mm. we're going to talk a little bit about some of the uh, postseason questionnaires that the uh, the league will be expected to answer as we look uh, forward to, to next season and, and some of the rule changes that we uh, we might want to see implemented. So, uh, yeah, head honcho uh, huddle next week. Uh, uh, you'll hear straight from the commissioner um, uh, and uh, a couple of the plans that we'll be putting in place to uh, to hear from the league, speak to the league, and uh, and see where there might be some room for changes. In the league so if the league if the league wants to um have some open discussion about what they want the league to look like in the future they should get them into us prior to next week's episode um yeah if they want to get some questions in to the commissioner about uh, next season and, and post seasons uh they should definitely uh write in or if they have something to say why they could just show up <laughs> They could, mm. that they could. Yeah, you know, we that could. That felt that felt way more threatening than I think. Uh, yeah. It was it was intended to be, but yeah. maybe not. Maybe it was meant exactly as a threat. Mike. Yeah, I was just gonna say maybe we host a uh, a town hall 
here on the 390 podcast where, you know, all of the members can come on and um, grill Jay and just stick him to the steak. Yeah, stick him to the steak. <laughs> that's, my son, that's my I son off. Can't leave on that, anything better than that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for next season. I think that's my sign off. I'm <laughs> ready for next season. Let's get there. You know, three weeks of rivalry weeks. Rivalry, 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 rivalry weeks. Uh, can't get much better than that. Very excited for the football that's uh, coming our way. Tomorrow is going to be fun. Lots of football. Please enjoy. Uh, be safe this weekend. Don't get killed in any Black Friday rushes, everybody. Mm-hmm. Shop mm-hmm. shop responsibly. And uh, yeah, uh, hug your hug your family.